Happy New Year. Hey, I want to welcome you today to Vision Sunday here at South Bay Church. I want to say a special welcome to those of you who are joining us via technology and online all across the country and world. I hope that you are ready for 2014. As so many of us, we have these New Year's resolutions. I'm sure we're all hitting them. We're losing weight. We're saving money all in the first five days of the new year, right? Hey, do we have any football fans at South Bay Church? Niners? Or Raiders? So um, I, always think it's, I always think it's interesting about this time of year in the playoffs how people start asking us to pray for specific football teams as uh, staff and our church. Like, like God's going to listen to our prayers, number one, more than he would listen to your prayers. And then number two, like because we pray, then all of a sudden this football team's going to win. I, I thought it was interesting last year. This has nothing to do with my message today, but I thought it was interesting how uh, Ray Lewis, at the end of the Super Bowl, when he was giving his little comment and speech about winning the Super Bowl, he made the statement, yeah, if God is for us, then who can be against us? As if that's why you won the Super Bowl and God's not for the 49ers. We know that God is for the 49ers because South Bay Church is in the Bay Area with the 49ers. <laughs> Anyways, all joking aside, I want to talk to you today about our vision of where we believe God is leading us this next year. And I I think today's going to be a little bit different, so we're going to talk on the front end. It's going to feel a little bit like a message. Then in the middle, you're going to hear, it almost will seem like a, a, a meeting at work where we're going to talk about kind of our, our big objectives of where we're going, and then we're going to tie it together at the end with some stories of people who are being used here at South Bay to make a difference, and then you're going to hear how you can get involved. So if you're a guest with us today, I want to say you made a great choice to be here you're going to see under the hood to hear our heart of why we exist as a church, why we do things the way that we do. And if you're exploring faith, we want you to know that we've created this church because we believe God loves you and he wants you to experience relationship with him in a safe environment to explore and ask your questions. So we want you to hear that today as we talk through our vision. But before we jump into our vision, I wanted to share an update with you. Uh, most of you know that last year, at the end of the year, we did an annual impact offering. Now, the annual offering every year for us as a church goes to causes beyond our walls to make a difference in stuff like our city serve with the, with the different schools that we, we serve in our community to overseas projects with Compassion International in Ethiopia. So this annual offering funds a, a huge chunk of our outreach initiatives for the year. So over the course of the last few years, all, uh, all years of our existence, aside from 2010, we did an annual offering. Now I want to show you what you've given in previous years to the annual offering. Starting with 2009, our first year as a church, you gave $21,355. You can see it kind of grow over the course of time. In 2011, the people of South Bay gave $61,251. And then the next year, almost doubled that with over... 200,000, 208,367. Now, before we go on to the next slide, which announces what you gave last year in 2013 through the annual offering, I want to say this. We, we set kind of this astronomical goal because we knew that if our continued rate of growth and w what we believe God wanted to do, that if we were able to fund the second campus, that would be an absolute miracle. So we said the first 100,000 of what's given goes beyond our walls uh, to the causes in our community and in our world, and then everything above that goes to our second campus. Now, we were trying to raise $500,000 for the second campus. We already had 
200 committed from outside of South Bay churches and organizations that gave. So if you put that 100 plus the 300 that we still needed, that'd be about 400. Now that would be almost double what was given last year. And we were like nowhere near double the size we were. So if we even like got to 300,000, that would be awesome. That'd be an absolute miracle. And I am happy to announce to you that the people of South Bay through the annual impact offering in 2013 gave three hundred seventy four seventy three thousand nine hundred sixty four dollars so you can clap and shout and praise God I mean there are so many stories of people who sacrificed of business leaders who gave profits from their their previous year to people who got bonuses and young professionals that gave that bonus and families in need that sacrificed themselves every time we set the vision in front of you as a church you step up to the plate whether it's serving or giving and God is blessing this church because of you, because you're approaching him with open hands to say, God, take my life and use it to make a difference. So one more time, thank you. We love you. We're so grateful for you. Now, today, as we talk about our vision for this year, we're going to look at a very powerful teaching from Jesus found in Matthew chapter 13. So if you have a Bible, you can turn there and it will also be on the screens and we're going to look at what Jesus says about his kingdom. Listen to his statement. It says, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in a field. Now, it's important for us to understand that Jesus gave more emphasis to this concept of his kingdom than anything else. It would be called the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of Jesus. All three of these ideas, the same idea that when Jesus came to planet earth, he would establish a kingdom. But in the minds of the listeners in his day, this was a very confusing concept. Because they lived underneath the oppression of the Roman government. The Romans would, would mistreat the Jews. And the Jews wanted a Messiah or a leader who would come and free them from the Romans. And Jesus comes and he starts speaking of a kingdom. But his kingdom is not a physical kingdom. It's not a kingdom that would be built by force. Jesus would build a spiritual kingdom. It's a kingdom of love. It's a kingdom of sacrifice. It's a kingdom of compassion. It's a kingdom that is built inside the hearts of humanity, inside the hearts of men and women. It's not the kind of kingdom that we typically think of. It's not the way that the Romans would build or other armies would build with oppression. It's built through love, through sacrifice and serving. And very simply, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of Jesus, is anywhere where Jesus is king. Anywhere where Jesus is in charge, that's the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus describes his kingdom by saying this. It's like a small mustard seed. Though it is the smallest of your seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and perch on its branches. So Jesus says, the way that you take a mustard seed and you plant it into the ground, even though it's the smallest of all the seeds, when that small seed grows up, it becomes this big tree. And everything around it comes to that tree for life. And the birds of the air come and perch on its branches. This is the way my kingdom is. It's a source of life. It's a source of hope and fulfillment and purpose for individuals. It's a small seed that grows up. Then he gives this other illustration. He says another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. That a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked through the entire dough. Now, I don't know much about cooking. I can do eggs. I can sometimes do toast. Most of the time, I burn it. I can do sausage in a pan. That's about all I can do. But I do know 
that a little bit of yeast goes a long way. If you put too much yeast, it doesn't work right. Jesus says that my kingdom is like this yeast that is mixed inside of this dough and this small little bit of yeast. It causes everything that it touches to elevate, to rise. And the guy that's sitting there at Bowdoin Sourdough Bread Shop, and he's eating a piece of bread, and it tastes so good, never thinks to himself, wow, this is some incredible yeast. Where did they get this yeast? Jesus says, no, 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 no. The kingdom of God, it's this small ingredient that influences everything that it touches. It grows over the course of time. It starts small. It's planted, and it becomes a source of life. For everything around it. Now, what in the world does this have to do with our vision as a church? See, as we're looking at our lives, Jesus would speak over and over and over again about this concept of his kingdom. But he would make a very powerful statement about how his kingdom is actually established in Luke chapter 17, verse 20 and 21. Listen to what the scripture says. It says, one day Jesus was asked by a Pharisee, which basically just means a teacher of the law in his day and age, when the kingdom of God would come. That's what they were all concerned about, this physical kingdom in their mind. And Jesus helps them understand. He unpacks the idea of what his kingdom was about. Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed the way that you can observe an army advancing. It's not like that, he says. No, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. He makes another statement that is translated, the kingdom of God is, is within you. The kingdom of God starts inside of individual lives, and over the course of time, it grows and influences everything that it touches. Now, there's something so important for us to understand. There are two parts of this. Everything that reaches maturity and fullness of size once started as something small. And think about this for those of you who are parents and your kids are all grown up, or I've got a seven and five-year-old now, and he, they're starting to get a little bit bigger, and you, you can roughhouse them a little bit more. And then we got this small little baby, and everybody wants to hold a baby, but nobody wants to hold a teenager, right? And everything that reaches fullness of, I, I guess a teenage guy wants to hold a teenager girl, that <laughs> total ADD moment. But um, anyways, I diverge. When it's small, though, it's beautiful. You know, puppies, don't you just love little puppies? And then they grow up to be these dogs. Like my neighbor has this dog that Friday, Saturday night, I think it's because Friday and Saturday, they're gone in the evenings and they just leave that dog outside and it yaps all night long. If you live in 95132 and you leave your dog outside at night, please don't do it anymore. It's really, really (laughs) annoying. But, you know, it's cute when it's small. It grows up big. Babies, puppies, cats, and, you know, kittens. I don't like kittens or cats, but some of you who are cat people, you know, that pretty little kitten that shows up on calendar. See, Jesus says that things start small and then they grow big. Same thing in my kingdom, but also the way that it's that it grows is it grows inside of the hearts of human beings. It starts within you. It's in your midst. And then over the course of time, it grows to influence everything that it touches. Now, the question is still, what does this apply? How does this apply to our vision as a church? I want to give you a couple of phrases that I want, I want us to try to remember this. See, everything that God does through you and through me and through us collectively, everything that God does through us starts first with what he's done in us, what he's doing in our hearts. And here's, here's the deal. If the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of Jesus is going to be built through your life, it first must be established inside of your heart. Another way of saying it, if God is going to work through you greatly, he must first work in you deeply. 
And I think that so many people in our generation, in our day and age, we miss out on the great things that God wants to do through us because we fail to embrace what God first is doing in us. And it's like my children who are seven and five, my two boys who are growing up and they're big, all they want to do is fight. You know, I, I like to snuggle and sit on the couch. One of my boys, he's about the right size. When he runs like this, I won't tell you exactly where it ends up, but you can kind of get the idea. They're about this tall. They just run straight at you. All they want to do is fight. And I throw them on the couch and slam them on the floor and make loud noises like WWF. But that little baby, our youngest little child, our little girl who's two months old, man, we hold her with such caution and care. That any moment she's in somebody else's hands, aside from my wife, I'm right there making sure that she's not going to be dropped. See, here's what Jesus is saying. The kingdom of heaven starts within you, is a small seed, and grows up to go through you to influence the things that you would touch, the lives that you would encounter. And there's such an urgency around the things that God does in us that so often we can fail to place urgency on the inner working of God in our hearts that we miss what he wants to do through our lives. And I think that for us as a church, we're at such a pivotal season, and we're all at a pivotal season personally, that God is stirring in all of our hearts in this new year. I believe that God is a God that speaks. And the question is, do we respond with care, like a little seed that we plant into the ground, and we water it, and we watch it? One of my mentors, Bill Hybels, I should say a mentor from afar, he says, a calling from God is a precious thing. And when God begins to stir in your heart to work through your life and work in you, it's so important that you and I respond with obedience, with surrender, with yieldedness, with the same caution that we would a small seed that we place into the ground. So my, my challenge for us today is God is knocking on the door of our hearts this new year for our lives to be different. Maybe for some of us, it's to serve our neighbors and to take cookies to somebody on our street. Others of us, it's a co-worker. Some of us, it might be to sacrifice and love and serve at home with a spouse or a kid in a unique way. And God is working in our hearts. And when God starts to work in us, it is so incredibly important that we tune our ears to listen to what it is that he's saying if we're ever going to experience what he wants to do through us. So I want to talk to you in two ways. I want to talk to you all of us together, where we're going as a church in 2014, and then I want to talk to you individually about what it looks like for you to respond to what it is that God wants you to do this year and how he wants your life to be a part of his greater work. So here's how we're going to transition. I want to just unpack our like one page that we came up with as a staff and a directional team here at South Bay where we believe God is leading us. It seems real simple, concise. It's dozens of hours of praying as a team. You can take notes. If you don't want to follow along, you just pay attention. If you don't want to write it all down. But let me share with you where we believe God's leading us, and then I'll come back with these stories of how you and I can be involved. So if you're taking notes, the first overarching theme for us as a church is this, that this year we want to give great energy as an annual theme to learn to live, to love, and lead like Jesus. And don't you love how they all start with L? Somebody had to work on that. Might have been me. Uh, see, pastors and people who speak for a living, we try to get everything in alignment, acronyms and L's and same, to learn, to live, to love, and to lead like Jesus. I, I had this realization last year, in about November, that I was operating more like a CEO as the leader of our church than like Jesus. And I sense God saying, Andy, 
Jesus is the ultimate example of what it means to be a great leader. He had more influence than anybody who's ever walked on planet Earth. And now we're going back as a team, as a staff, as key leaders to say, what's it look like for us to live, to love, and to lead like Jesus? What's it mean to love our neighbor like Jesus? What's it mean for us when we have interactions in our ministry areas with volunteers and leaders and somebody's not doing their job? How would Jesus address this problem? How would Jesus lead a staff meeting? How would Jesus go about pioneering vision for a large group of people? If Jesus were handed our staff, how would he lead and love and invest in them? This overarching theme is revolutionizing the way that we're thinking about our vision as a church, that everything we want to do this year is connected back to this idea of learning to live, to love, and lead like Jesus. Now, underneath that, we set an objectives, uh, objective, and for those of you who are in the like Google and Facebook and business world, this is what you would call an OKR, objective and key results. And our first quarter objective of, of what we're going after as a team, all hands on deck, everything organizationally is funneled towards this objective, Q1 stands for major objective for quarter number one this year as the slide changes is this. It's to launch our Sunnyvale campus on February 23rd with excellence and health on both campuses. Now, here's what this means. When you look at the Bay Area, there are some incredible churches in the Bay Area. There are some churches that are making a tremendous difference. But by and large, when you look, most of the people in our region are apart from relationship with Jesus, from this life-giving hope-giving relationship that God wants all of us to experience. And could you imagine what it would be like of the nine million people in our area if there was a church or a campus within five to ten minutes of every single person in the Bay Area that had communicated the message of Jesus in a life-giving, relevant way that people who are far from God and exploring faith could come and they could connect and their lives could be changed as a result. See, some of you, you're driving down from San Mateo or you're inviting family members that live on the other side of town. See, a huge component of our vision is to start churches and partner with other churches and start campuses all across the Bay Area so that within five to ten minutes of every one of the nine million people, there is a healthy, life-giving church that communicates the message of Jesus in a relevant way. That's a vision worth giving your life for. And that's our heart. And we figure if we're going to do that long term, we've got to start with one more campus. So on February 23rd, we're going to launch a second campus of South Bay Church. We're so excited to see what God's going to do. And we've got some key results or some emphasis points underneath this major objective for the first quarter of this year. The first one is this, to create clarity around vision, values, and key wins with staff, leaders, and volunteers. We're going back and we're saying, what's a win look like in first impressions? When you invite your friend who's far from God, exploring faith, they show up on campus. What's a win when they walk through the lobby, when they come through the door, when they're looking for a seat? What's a win when you drop a kid off at Bay Kids? What's it look like for that person who's coming and they're experiencing faith for the first time to feel comfortable? What's a win look like in life groups? What's a win look like for those of us who are leading out in family ministry or Ignite on, on Tuesday night with our students? What does a win look like? And then connecting it back to our vision and our values. If you're a volunteer here at South Bay, you're going to hear more about this throughout the coming year. Secondly is this. It's to increase focus on spiritual development and discipleship with staff and key leaders. We've realized over our journey that sometimes we get so focused on doing, 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 that we fail to pay attention to the things that God is birthing inside of us. And so we're coming back and we're asking the question, how do we really help our staff grow? 
how do we really give our key leaders tools for their own spiritual health and development as a, as a team? We're asking this question and giving great focus to it. Thirdly is this. It's to establish urgency and to give tools to help our people love their neighbors and be Jesus to our community. You know, there's this book I read last year called The Art of Neighboring. And it tells a story about these pastors in Denver. And they wanted to ask their city how the city thought the church could serve the community. So all these pastors went and they met with the mayor and all these important people in the city. And the city said to them, you can help the people of Denver love and be good neighbors to the people on their street. And they were blown away because that was the great commandment that Jesus gave to all of his followers. To say, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. And they were blown away because the city asked them to do the exact same, that Jesus, exact same thing that Jesus told us to do. And one of the greatest influences that we can have is through loving our physical neighbor. It's the people, those eight to nine houses or eight to nine apartments or eight to nine condos right around us, the people closest to us or the coworker, right down the row with the cubicles from us. We're going to really give emphasis and tools and put energy around helping you learn and embrace this value of loving and serving your neighbor, this will be the greatest influence that we could ever have on our community if we get this one right. Number four is this. This is, starts to get a little bit more numerical of what kind of benchmarks for us. Our goal when we start that new campus is to average 250 adults, 50 kids, and 125 volunteers in March. So we launch it on February 23rd. You come back the next week. It's March, that first month. Our prayer is that we'd have 250 people who are there in the room with adults and then another 50 kids. And we believe that that size will give us strength to build from. Now, we right now have 119 people who've already signed up. So that means that another 131 are going to step up to the plate today to be a part of that Sunnyvale campus. And we're going to be able to launch that campus with strength so that you who live in that community can invite your friends, your family members, your coworkers and neighbors, and there's an incredible experience that they can connect with the message of Jesus right there in their community. Next is this. It's to replace all the leaders and volunteers at South Bay's, at, at North San Jose campus with 100 new team players. So we're going to be mobilizing a bunch of new people to go and start this campus in Sunnyvale. That means that there are a bunch of new opportunities right here. And South Bay, you know, you, you are a unique church. There are a disproportionate percentage of people that serve here in comparison to most instances. You are an incredibly sacrificial group of people. But there, there's a small percentage, if we can be honest, of people who come and leave and come and leave and never engage in serving, never engage in watching God use your life to make a difference. And every week there are literally dozens of lives being transformed and you're just, you're just watching it. You're, you're like the Niners fans or Raiders fans. You just watch it. You don't get credit for that ring if you win a Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl, right? But you're, you're just kind of a participant, a fan. Now's the time to get onto the field and watch God use your life to change somebody else's eternal destiny. We're going to give you a practical way you can do that in just a few moments. And then lastly, certainly not least, is to create a Sunnyvale experience that is comparable to North San Jose. Now, notice that wording is very intentional. It's not identical. It's not exactly the same, but it's comparable. Here's what we mean by this. I go over to Noah's Bagel just across from our North San Jose campus, and I'm in there about four or five times a week 
and I think they're the staff there, they're sick of me by now, that every time I go in, I get a protein power bagel, sliced, toasted, peanut butter on top. They got the honey over on the side, so I go and get honey. I put it on. It's so good. You should try it sometime. And it's, uh, the honey's free, though, okay? Just important for the story. It does really connect to our vision. So a couple weeks ago, I'm, I'm down in Cupertino at Noah's Bagel, and I go to order this little thing of peanut butter and protein, and they want to charge me for the honey. I'm like, no, 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 no. At the North San Jose Noah's Bagel, they don't charge for honey. You're going to jip me? I'm one of your most loyal customers, and you're going to jip me for a little bit of honey. See, the experience, it was maddening because it was a different experience. You went to one place, it was different. See, it's important for us as we're creating these experiences. We can't have it where you come to North San Jose, you drop your kids off in a minute, and then you take your neighbors to Sunnyvale, and it takes you 20 minutes to check your kids in. That's inexcusable for us. So what we want to do is we want to build the experience as being comparable so that you know what you're going to get, and more importantly, you know what it's going to be like when you're engaging somebody who's disconnected from the love of God and you're bringing them to church, you should know I have confidence that every week when I bring them, it's going to be an experience that they can meet Jesus and their life can forever be changed. So we have to give emphasis, all of us together, as a staff, as leaders, as a team, to really cohesively build an experience that is comparable to North San Jose. This is where we're going in 2014. This is what we're giving energy to. This is collectively what resources financially are going to. And as we clarify this as a team together, it helps us know we're pulling all in the same direction. And as we all pull in the same direction as a team, we're going to have the maximum amount of impact and watch God do more through us than we could ever do on our own. So what I want to do is I want to talk to you about your part in this vision that God is giving to us this year. But before that, I want to invite some incredible volunteers to the stage. So if you could give them a nice, warm South Bay welcome as they come forward to share with you their story of how serving here at South Bay has influenced their lives. Now, first of all, we have Pablo here, and Pablo is a um, pretty awesome guy. He um, is cooler than Zorro. And you'll see why in just a second when he speaks, right? Yes, the Colombian accent. Yes. But I, he told me last service, actually, that Zorro is not Colombian. Yeah, as far as I understand, he comes from Spain. Uh, he wishes he was So Colombian. he's not legit, right? <laughs> and then we have Kalani. And uh, Kalani is on staff here at South Bay, started as a volunteer, been coming to South Bay for about two years. And this is Rich over here who works in our family ministry and started serving about six months. So um, for all of you guys, why don't you just tell us real quickly what your role is here at South Bay and how you're involved in serving. Um, my role right now is it, I do a few things. I'm involved with the leadership of uh, ILIO, the Entrepreneurship and Leadership Conference and Meetups we have here at South Bay. I'm also the group leader for all the men's groups and events at South Bay. And I'm going to have the privilege to be part of the Sunnyvale campus now, the leadership of that. Awesome. And now, real quick, so you um, kind of came in, and there was this incredible group of about four to five guys that had been doing auth this authentic manhood group and just really given passion and energy. And when you started, tell us a little bit about where, how many groups that we had uh, with men. Men's groups, uh, there were three. Three. So he started about six months ago in that leadership position, and now how many men's groups are we going to have this? We're going to have 16 men's groups starting next week. That's awesome. So God is using 
your life, and you, you think about the expansion of this, the same picture of this seed that goes into the ground and grows up this incredible source of life. So Kalani, tell us a little bit about your role. Um, I work on staff in the worship arts department, and I am the group's leader for the young professionals, and I lead the Beautiful Day project. Awesome. My name's Rich Boardman. Uh, I serve with Ignite, which is student ministries, 6th through 12th grade, and I'm a high school guy's life group leader. Okay, Rich, let me ask you a quick question. So you, last service, you shared this kind of experience of getting involved in serving. Talk a little bit more about how you started serving here at South Bay. So my wife came back from a trip to Ethiopia. and That's we were how it works, right? <laughs> yep, that's, that's how serving it Serving or you're on the couch tonight? <laughs> Just kidding, go ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, she came back. We were hanging out with a couple of friends in the lobby, asked them what they were doing later that day. They told us they were going to a student ministries meeting, asked us if we wanted to come along. We'd done uh, middle school, um, led middle school at our, our old church, and we said, sure, we're in. So we went and checked it out. That's awesome. And Kalani, so for you, um, you were in charge of that entire Vincy Park project with several other awesome leaders. Can you talk about personally what it was like for you to watch God use your life? And let me just give a little bit of context. The, uh, some of you who are newer to South Bay, last year in May, uh, we had over 400 people. We shut down services on a Sunday. We went over to a local school to serve and totally like revolutionized the, the campus at Vincy Park. So talk about that experience for you personally. Um, I had a desire to serve locally but didn't know where I could do that. And two months after that, Pastor Felipe called me to ask if I wanted to do, do the Beautiful Day. And I was a volunteer for Beautiful Day, but never led anything. Um, so I said yes. And I had a co-leader, Rael Redvine, who was really awesome. And we met weekly. And we prayed for, like, every time we met, we prayed first. And the prayers kind of went like this. God, we have no idea how this is going to work out. Um, <laughs> we, you know. We don't have it all together, but we trust you for your favor and believe that you're going to work it out for us, and he did. That's awesome. And uh, just to kind of give you guys a picture of this, a principal of a local school who's not a follower of Jesus, very spiritual person, but would not consider herself a Christian, uh, said, I will never come to a church. She, she's very friendly and awesome gal, but she said, don't expect me ever. If you're coming here to serve, to get me to come to your church, I will never come to your church. And we're like, okay, we're not here to get you to come to our church. So we served. She was so blown away. She said, I'll do anything for you guys now. And so on a Sunday in November, we had her here on stage to talk about her experience. And here's this lady who said she would never come to church, but now she was on stage talking and speaking about how her life had been impacted through a group of followers of Jesus. And it's that perfect picture of the seed all the way to a tree that gives source, a source of life. And that, that, bird that perches on the branches doesn't care if it's a cedar tree or an oak tree or a mustard tree. All that bird cares about is it's a source of life, and that's what we're wanting to see is more of that. It's started in your heart. You were available. Now all these people were influenced. So how about for you, Pablo? When you think about kind of this evolution of the life groups here and your growth of leadership, talk about to what extent you felt prepared when you started compared to where you are now. Yeah, I would have never been prepared for any of this if uh, someone had asked me to take this position of leadership a year ago, I would be, you know, crazy. Um, now I started by just taking the first step, which was I'll lead a group 
And then from there, it went on to the next step. And, and what I realized very quickly was that God was not looking for my ability to do it, but my availability mm -hmm. to yield my heart for him to do the work through me. But it was not about me to do it. I, needed, I didn't need to carry that on my own. I needed to be available, diligent, and just surrender to him. That's awesome. That's worth writing down. God was not looking for his ability, but his availability. And that seems to be the way that God works throughout human history is he takes people who are, doesn't, don't have all the greatest gifts or most education or most experience, and he uses them to make a difference. Rich, okay, so people sitting here today at South Bay contemplating getting involved in serving, what would you say to somebody who's trying to decide, okay, whether it's availability or busyness or all these things that come into our mind when we think about serving, what would your last comment be, Rich? Yeah, I'd say do it. Um, I've, I've sat at the back of the room and I've, you know, for many years and just kind of ignored and somebody else will do it. It doesn't have to be me, but it's really fulfilling. And it, it's a great thing to be contributing to and seeing grow and, and yeah, I mean, just, just get out there. Get off the back of the bus. The Nike version of serving. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So just, just step up and do it. It really is well worth it. And, uh, you know, I've, I mean, this is out of my comfort zone. When Pastor David called me and said, hey, would you be willing to sit up there on Sunday? I was like, no, I think you called for my wife. She should do it. <laughs> Maybe you should talk to her. But He's a way better salesman than I am, and I do that for a day job, so I'm sitting here. And every time I say yes, it's, it, you know, initially I may want to say no, but every time I do, it's it's just feels right, the right thing to do, really good, really positive. So, yeah. That's awesome. Well, on behalf of our staff and our church as a whole, you guys represent the hundreds of volunteers that make this happen every week, from people holding babies in daycare to laying a foundation in the lives of our students to standing in the parking lot and weather that's not really that cold here in the Bay Area, but kind of cold sometimes and doing all these things so that people can experience this message. So we love you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Can we thank them one more time? <laughs> you know, as, as I look back on the evolution of the history of our church, I think of dozens of times where God was stirring in a group of people's hearts and they said yes. And Later, that obedience became a project at a school that influences hundreds of people. I think about last fall, I was sitting in our auditorium during our family ministry celebration, and there are hundreds of leaders spread out, and David, who is over our family ministries, is standing up front, and he's talking about how we're laying this foundation that's going to change children and students' lives forever. And I'm sitting back there realizing these Hundreds of leaders that are influencing hundreds of families every week. And it, it all started with David and his team being available to God to say yes. And I feel like one of the greatest things that so many of us miss out on is watching God work through our lives because we fail to embrace with obedience the stirring that he does in our hearts. And so this year can be different. This year one of the most important decisions that you will make is being available to God and letting him use you. And so today, as you've heard these incredible stories and we've talked about our vision, now it's time for all of us again to step up and say, God, 2014, we're not a big tree that's grown. We're a small microcosm of what you are one day going to do through our lives and through our church. And right now, in this season of my life, right now in this season of our church, you have my yes you have our yes, we're surrendered to you, now take me and use me for what it is that God 
you want to do through me this year. So if that's where you are, I want to encourage you. And if you're not even there yet, you can still pull this little piece of paper out. But for all of us, go ahead and pull this little piece of paper out inside your program that talks about how you can connect this year. And I want to encourage you. In just these few moments, we're going to slow down and give you that opportunity this year. We're not asking you to make a forever commitment. We're not asking you to sign up until for now for a decade. It's just saying right now in this season, I'm stepping out in faith. I'm going to give an hour to two hours a week. I'm going to stop coming to one, just coming and leaving. I'm going to come to one and serve at one service. And some of you, you live closer to Sunnyvale. The obvious place to get connected is in Sunnyvale. Others of you, you live closer to North San Jose. The question is, which campus do you go to? If God's stirring in your heart to help get this campus off the ground, make a commitment. Go over there for six months, get the campus off the ground, then you can come back, and then maybe at that point be time for another campus. But taking that step, whether it's this campus or the other campus, I, I trust that God's at work in all of us. And the most important thing is for us to say yes to him. So you'll see we've got places in First Impressions, Bay Kids, Worship Experience, First Rep Response, Weekday teams, we have this incredible group of people that come into our offices every Thursday, put together programs. Every piece of paper that you're taking notes on today, every connection card that a person chooses to write on when they've chosen to follow Jesus was a connection card that was put into a program by that group of people. And a life is forever changed because of that group. Students with uh, uh, our Ignite teams, both campuses will have this. So both sides, you can see that we're, we're taking a plunge this year to go to a whole new level of, of our serving Jesus in 2014. So I want to encourage you to write down right now, just write a little check mark what area you want to be a part of, write your name, your email address, and in just a moment, we're going to have an opportunity to turn those forms in during our offering time and when we give our connection cards. So I want to pray for us and pray that we would be obedient to what it is that God wants to do in our hearts. It's a, a, amazing to me throughout the history of our church, watching over and over and over again, you stepping up in faith. And now, as so many of you have started to come to South Bend in the last six months to a year, I want to invite you to be a part of locking arms with us to see our region, the most incredible, I think we all agree, place in the world, the San Francisco Bay Area, transformed with the love of Jesus. We can do way more together than we could ever do on our own. Let's pray. God, thanks that you are at work in us. And help us to be obedient to you. Help us realize we don't have to have it all together. We don't have to know all the answers before we start giving you our yieldedness. And so I'm blown away to think five years ago at this time, we were a group of about 25 people meeting in a clubhouse, praying that you would help us reach like 100 on our grand opening. And now where it's come. But we recognize this is the beginning. This is the tip of the iceberg of what you want to do. So you have my yes. You have the yes of our staff. You have our church's surrendered heart of obedience to what it is you want to do. Help us treat your holy calling on our lives like a precious seed that needs to be watered and cared for to give urgency to obedience to what it is you ask us to do. We love you, Jesus. We're so incredibly grateful for the stewardship of, of this incredible message that you've given us the privilege of sharing with our world now, God, I pray that this would be the best year in our history, the year that more lives are changed, more salvations, more transformation, more homes restored, more, more hope given, more of our community touched, more disconnected people return to community this year than any other year in our history. And we will give you glory and credit for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen.